well, we've made it. Uh, it, it is Good Friday. Uh, it is the uh, continuation of this third week of our quarantine, of, of this time of being physically distant from one another, but uh, working to remain spiritually connected to one another. Again, I want to thank you for being here tonight. Good Friday, Good Friday worship is always hard. There's a lot going on in, in this text. This is not a, a lighthearted gospel story. Um, this is not, uh, you know, e- even when we often tell and talk about the crucifixion, it's rare that we sit down and read the whole thing. And there's just so much going on there. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the crucifixion itself before we go too much further. But before I do, one of the realities uh, is that Good Friday has um, often been, because of this Gospel of John, uh, in particular the words that it uses, has often been an occasion for anti-Semitism and outbreaks of anti-Semitism across Europe throughout the Middle Ages. It was common for uh, Jews to get chased out of town in medieval Europe, uh, especially on Good Friday. Because the way uh, we've always translated this text of John, uh, the blame is raised, laid on the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. Um, and a better way to understand that text is that, that it's what it's talking about are the religious authorities. That, Jew, that Jesus himself was a Jew at that time. Jesus' followers were Jews at his times. And there were political and religious authorities that combined to crucify Jesus. And I want to say that it matters... To make that clarification, uh, especially on Good Friday, uh, this is a uh, synagogue in Huntsville, Alabama, yesterday, on the night of their Passover celebration. Uh, and so that's why I take a moment to point that out, uh, because we have to be clear as people of faith that our faith stands against that sort of hatred. And people who use uh, our faith uh, as support for that sort of thing are out of line uh, and, and in fact, heretical because we believe that Jesus himself and his followers were all Jews as well and that our gospel does not, in fact, uh, call us to be uh, hateful toward those who are different and those who are on the edges, but rather to, to love those who are on the edges. Uh, and that's the whole message of Monday, Thursday, uh, as we talked about it. So crucifixion. I think we have this like sanitized version of crucifixion. You know, we're so used to seeing um, paintings in our homes, paintings in our churches that are, you know, this fully clothed Jesus uh, who looks fairly healthy, often, in fact, kind of buff. Right, and, and in in the scenes of crucifixion, no one else around. They're nice and clean and sterile. Um, you know, we've got crosses on our necklaces and crosses on our jewelry and crosses on our shirts, uh, and it's all nice and sterile and clean. But crucifixion was horrendous. Crucifixion was designed to humiliate those who were experiencing it. Uh, it was designed to strip them of all dignity. Uh, um, there's the scene, right, where they're dividing Jesus' clothes before they crucify him. That would have been everything. You hang there, naked, in front of everybody, 
gasping for air um, as a sign that no one should do what this person has done. Uh, that's what crucifixion is. That's why it's so public, right? It happened in, in our country. Uh, uh, death penalty often happens uh, in private, behind closed doors, behind locked doors. Uh, but this was a very public event, entire and designed to discourage those uh, who might um, consider similar actions. Uh, and I want to share uh, one particular painting of the crucifixion with you. Uh, this is Matthias Grunewald's uh, Isenheim altarpiece. Uh, and it's one of my favorite depictions of the crucifixion. Uh, so you can see there, there are three different uh, scenes here, four different scenes. Uh, in the center is uh, Jesus uh, and uh, his mother here and the other Mary there. Uh, and then there's where they're laying him in the tomb. Uh, and if we, we zoom in, what I like about this is it doesn't sanitize it. In fact, uh, when we look a little closer at Jesus, you notice little spots all over him. What Grunewald did uh, was he gave Jesus in this crucifixion scene plague scars which I think might make this the most appropriate crucifixion for 2020. Grunewald gives Jesus uh, the scars of the plague uh, as a reminder that those who get ill when there's a plague, and this is what happened throughout Middle e medieval England or medieval Europe, uh, if you get ill with the plague, the first thing they do is they isolate you from everyone else. They cut you off from everyone else. Uh, and no one comes near you. You're, you're, you, it's, it's, it's the ultimate in physical distancing, right? It, it's what we are experiencing now, but taken to the nth degree. Um, and whether or not you actually have the plague, you're put in this place with all these other people who have the plague, uh, and no one will come near you for religious services, for medical services. You are just left to die. Uh, and in this painting, Grunewald makes Jesus a plague victim. He is the one outside of everything else, isolated from everything else. And uh, here, here's where that meets, I think, the gospel message for me. Things are different in our world right now than they have been in quite some time. People are experiencing a variety of things. There are people, and I see it because I have friends who are pastors in New York and in Seattle, um, who are dying in hospitals and can't have anyone come to visit them. There are people who are struggling with being separated from family members because maybe they were traveling and they couldn't get back home. Or maybe they live in a divorced household and their children can't go back and forth. Or maybe they had planned trips for spring break or the summer to go see family or friends, and now they can't. Or maybe they live by themselves, and church on Sunday morning is the only chance they get to get out and go see friends, and now they can't. People are struggling with anxiety and depression and isolation. And what that Grunewald altarpiece says to me is that there is... No place that God won't go with us. Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think that's the phrase that often comes to our lips when times are hard. Where is God in all of this? 
And what the crucifixion says, what Good Friday says, is that God is always right there next to us. God is the one who comes in human form and finds himself on the cross on Good Friday. Isolated, alone, rejected, humiliated. That's where Jesus is. Where is God in the midst of all this? God is in the isolation unit at the Methodist hospital up the street. God is in the home of the people who don't have family that can come and visit them. God is with the people who are up at 2 and 3 a.m. worried about their loved ones. That's what Good Friday says. Good Friday says is that there is no place we can go and not have God be there first. God has already known suffering in the person of Jesus. God has already known desolation and isolation, rejection and dejection. That's where God is already with those who are suffering. And that's where God calls us to be as well, with those who are suffering. Good Friday, Good Friday's a lot. Good Friday feels to me, every time I preach it, overwhelming. And often, and I, I, I'm probably guilty of preaching sermons like this as much as I have heard sermons like this, often Good Friday can feel like you should feel bad because Jesus died for your sins. But I want to say that there's good news on Good Friday. And the good news is that Jesus went to the cross not just so that we don't have to, but so that wherever we go, we know that God is with us so that we know that there is nothing, no power greater than God's love for us. No matter how dark it gets in our lives, God has experienced darker. No matter how deep we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. That's the promise of Good Friday, friends. Wherever you go, wherever you go, whatever you do, even if it's to the cross. There is nothing, nothing in heaven or in earth that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for that, we give thanks. Thanks.